Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell. And this is Jonah Trebowasser. Welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary, sponsored by local Rotarians, your friends dedicated to service. Each week we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world. People sharing ways to improve your life. And Jonah, today we'll be speaking with author Tessa Edick about eating farm-fresh foods right after these important messages. So stay tuned. It sounds yummy. I'm not going anywhere. Not all superheroes wear capes. Most wear jeans or sweaters or suits, just like ordinary people, because that's what they are. They are the 1.2 million members of Rotary, men and women whose superpowers are the capacity to care and the desire to make the world better. So the next time you need a superhero, don't look in the sky, look in the mirror. Learn more at Rotary.org. Rotary, humanity in motion. For information about Rotary in the Hudson Valley, visit www.rotarydistrict7210.org. Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell, and welcome back to this edition of Radio Rotary. Thank you for joining us this, this morning. I am sitting here with my co-host, Jonah Trebowasser. Say hello, Jonah. Hello, Jonah. And today we'll be speaking with author Tessa Edick about eating farm-fresh foods. And she has just written a book called Hudson Valley Food and Farming. And Jonah, you just have recently read this book. It is you? a terrific book, folks. It's as, is, as Sarah said, it's Hudson Valley Food and Farming, the subtitle, Why Didn't Anyone Ever Tell Me That? And it's with our, by our guest, Tessa Edick. Really and hooks you in. It's f- available on History Press. And Tessa, good morning. Welcome to Radio Rotary. Good morning, Jonah. Thanks so much for having me. Hello, it's, Sarah. Hello. It's our pleasure. So what got you interested, Tessa, in exploring, uh, going back almost to the days of our grandparents when they, eat, they ate fresh from the farm? What got you interested in that? Well, I, I think, you know, just eating by, for, for starters and, and liking to have a connection with what I'm eating so that I have a lot of nutrition because at the end of the day, we all want to look and feel great. So, you know, it's, it's innate in all of us. You just have to find your inner farmer. Um, but, you know, as a kid, I grew up in the Finger Lakes region in upstate New York and um, born in Syracuse, you know, lived in that region. And uh, we grew up with farming. We had milk delivered from burned dairy to our door in glass bottles. We had a connection to the food we ate by knowing the farmer uh, and the land where the food was raised or grown. And so that was ingrained in me, and I, I think it's really important to reestablish those connections for food. Well, you know, Tessa, uh, we're heard throughout the Hudson Valley, and uh, you're involved in an organization called Hudson Valley Fresh. What's that all about? So Hudson Valley Fresh is a partner of ours. Uh, Farmon Foundation is the nonprofit I run and founded, and Hudson Valley Fresh um, is a partner of dairy cooperative farmers that come together and have a single source pooled milk. Um, and we started working with them as we placed uh, fresh local milk cow to carton in 36 hours. We're saying, and uh, and so they are a partner that we came in with because we weren't sure why the kids were having milk shipped in from far away when. It it's in their own backyard. Now, one of the other things that you, know, you mentioned farming and, and dairy farming. When I moved to the Hudson Valley in the late 1970s, uh, especially in where I come from in the Red Hook area, there were a lot of dairy farms, a lot of apple orchards, and it seems a lot of those farms were plowed under to uh, 
develop housing developments. And also, you point out in your great book, Hudson Valley Food and Farming, uh, by Tessa Edick, uh, available on, at the History Press, that the average age of the farmer is creeping up. It's, it's, uh, it's not something... Yeah, 58. It's not something young people are really going into for the third or fourth generation. Uh, is this something that concerns you here in the Hudson Valley? It concerns me so much that I started a foundation that our main mission is succession through generations. So who's taking over these family farms or we're going to be stuck eating from a factory. So really every day of our work, um, important work in the community, not only bringing local milk to public schools, but, you know, connecting people with their food sources. So in fact, you know, there is a successor on the family farm and these lands are not lost to development, which, as we know, they never return once they lose their farming heritage. So why are families losing interest in passing down the farm to the next generation? I don't think families are losing interest. I think that the kids are losing interest because it is not a viable livelihood. And so we have to shift that paradigm back to our food dollars, each of us, every day, every time we eat, going to local sources and direct to family farms so there's an opportunity for these kids to take up farming and find a viable livelihood in it. And it ties into a much bigger problem, you know, with cheap food and how we're spending dollars and, and you know, from there, the nutrition density and local economies. So, you know, it really is about every day controlling where your food dollars are allocated and who you're giving your money to so that kids can actually uh, benefit from the the. If, if New Yorkers spent 10% more of their food dollars, we would have $4.5 billion in excess located, allocated inside of New York State to family farms. Well, that's very important because those dollars, of course, uh, grow other dollars as the farmers, uh, you know, buy their feed, buy their yes, equipment, they do. Take, take, take the family out to a movies. You know, it, it's funny, uh, you, you reminded me of something, Tessa. When I started out in radio a gazillion years ago, uh, my original engineer was Mark Coney. Uh, we used to uh, bring in, as a morning disc jockey, I would bring in the fellow to do the weather, the fellow to do the sports, and then I'd do the farm and ag report, because here in the Hudson Valley, there were a lot of farmers, and farming is very hard work. Um, regular listeners know that I'm involved, uh, my day job involves the court system, and I was uh, sitting in on a trial once where uh, an attorney from New York City who wasn't too familiar with farms was cross-examining a farmer, and he said, uh, uh, well, when do you milk the cows? And the fellow says, five, five o'clock. He, and the attorney asked, a.m. or p.m.? He said, yes. Yeah. <laughs> because it's twice a day. Yeah. You know, it's from the time they wake up till the time they go to bed, uh, you know, late at night. If they're not out there doing very heavy manual labor, our farmers, they're doing all their paperwork. So it's a, it's a tough life, but a rewarding life. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, I, I definitely think it's rewarding, but I think also we have to pay the fair living wage for our food so the farmers get paid at least the cost of milk, if not have the right to make a profit. Okay, so I have a quick question here. With the availability of farm-to-table, which is so abundant in the Hudson Valley, what it, and I agree it needs to make economic sense or else it won't continue. Um, certainly in many of the restaurants, a lot of the uh, uh, professionally trained chefs. I mean, the uh, Culinary Institute is in our own backyard. A lot of people who graduate from there um, choose to stay in the Hudson Valley and pursue their uh, careers here. But what is Hudson Valley Fresh doing to educate the public to do um, to access the uh, abundance of product that is here? 
Well, I, I don't think it's Hudson Valley Fresh's obligation to do anything. I think it's organizations like Farmon Foundation and other organizations that are bringing awareness to the availability of of fresh local premium quality products like Hudson Valley Fresh. So getting involved in, you know, when you go to the market, you know, ask questions, ask where the things come from. It, the answer's in your phone on the internet. Look it up. See if it's nearby. I mean, you can also connect through winter's farmer's markets, regular farmer's markets, specialty stores. And, you know, then you get into the question of, you know, is it expensive to eat uh, fresh local food? And the, and the, the answer really lies in how do you value your health. And you know, the answers can also be found in your great book, Tessa Edick, Hudson Valley Food and Farming. Why didn't anyone ever tell me that? It's available on the History Press and in this terrific book, which is profusely illustrated with gorgeous photographs, uh, are appendices, appendices, appendixes, yes. right? Resources, <laughs> yes. Uh, resources, some of the resources you're talking about, including this Farm On organization, which is spelled F-A-R-M-O-N. Uh, does it have a website? Farm On foundation.org. Okay, you go there and you find some terrific uh, information. And speaking of the pictures, the photographs here, uh, the close-ups of the food are so good, you want to just salt and pepper the pages and eat the pages. <laughs> I mean, really, it's a beautiful book. It's it chock really full is a beautiful of book. great information. And our guest is its author, Tessa Edick, who is the founder and executive director of Farm On, F-A-R-M-O-N.org Foundation, which educates the public about the Hudson Valley farming community. So, you point out in your book that there are carnivores, you know, people that eat meat, yeah. herbivores, people yeah. that are vegetarians, and something new that you, uh, a phrase I guess you coined or picked up, locavores. What's that all about? So I did not coin that phrase. It's something that is known in farm-to-table word, but a locavore is someone that is voracious about sourcing food locally, which maximizes uh, nutrition and local economy. So it's really a lifestyle that you can adopt and pay attention to where your food comes from. I follow the 70-30 rule. 70% of the times I'm very picky about where my food comes from and how it was raised or grown. 30% of the time I go with the masses in a situation of public stewardship and and just eat so right. you know you really have to be choosy the same way that you would be a vegan or gluten-free or low sodium or all these other kind of diets you know locavore to me is paying attention to where your food comes from because if i have nutrition then i'm the healthiest possible and then i don't have to rely on diet supplements prescriptions all those things that are costly and hassle all the way around so it really starts with nutrition you know you're talking about nutrition you, you point out in your book uh, that uh, Americans have been swapping convenience for nutrition uh, in the recent past. And this has led to such health problems as the rising tide of diabetes, uh, which uh, concerns uh, our listeners for their children and grandchildren. What specific steps do you recommend for our listeners uh, for eating better? So, you know, eating in season, certainly eating what is grown locally, eating um, in a proximity to your house. We all have a connection to a farm either in our history or in our community. And really, you know, you can use all kinds of resources that are in the book that tell you how to access local foods. There's also um, a partner we work with called Field Goods, uh, field-goods.com, and it's a local subscription service year-round that's affordable. You can manage it 
it online according to what you want, and it's a way to get your groceries delivered down the road, and you pick them up, and it's much more super than any market because it's easy to do, and you're supporting family farms while you're doing it as well. And Tessa, you mentioned about eating in season. You know, those of us who are, are used to going to supermarkets, you know, you can get apples all year round, you get bananas all year round. What's the problem with that? That seems like an awfully nice idea. Well, the problem is nutrition density, right? So if it's coming from far away every day off the tree, that that food, you know, the shelf life lessens and the nutrition lessens. So, you know, if you're not eating local quality food within proximity to your house to maximize nutrition, you know, certainly make sure that you're involved in food that is grown responsibly and, you know, offers fair trade or living wage to the people making it because they deserve certainly a living to uh, for feeding you so well. Somehow the chefs got all the accolades and the press and the money and, uh, you know, kind of leveraged on the farmer, not meaning to, but it was their best kept secret. And here we are, um, you know, in a place where we have decisions every day with our food dollars, the same as the chefs having a farmer and sourcing the best food, we can do the same at home. And we're going to find out more about not only eating locally, but eating better with our guest, Tessa Edick, uh, author of Hudson Valley Food and Farming. Why didn't anyone ever tell me that in just a moment? But first, let me remind our listeners they're in tune with Radio Rotary on the air and around the world by podcast and iTunes and at RadioRotary.org. My name is Jonah Trebois, and my co-host is the fresh and effervescent Sarah O'Connell <laughs> and our very special guest, author Tessa Edick, talking about Hudson Valley food and farming. And Sarah, who keeps us well-fed by sponsoring Radio Rotary this week? Well, Jonah, Radio Rotary is sponsored by JGS, your central partner for all of your accounting and business consulting needs. Please call them at 845-692-9500 and by Salisbury Bank and Trust, your local bank for all of your personal business and wealth management needs. Visit them at salisburybank.com and by the featured Rotary Clubs of East Fishkill, Fishkill, Goshen, Highland and Hyde Park, New York. And we'll be back with more Radio Rotary after these important messages. Salisbury Bank and Trust offers personal and business banking, residential mortgages, commercial lending, and trust and wealth management services. With locations throughout the tri-state region in Dutchess County, the northwest corner of Connecticut, and southern Berkshire County, Massachusetts, Salisbury Bank is your personal bank in your community. Making local decisions and delivering the highest quality of customer service. Salisbury Bank is your local bank for all of your personal business and wealth management needs. Check us out at salisburybank.com. That's salisburybank.com. Salisbury Bank and Trust, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Salisbury Bank, enriching. Juddelson, Giordano, and Siegel. CPAPC is a full-service accounting, tax, and business consulting firm. JGS specializes in business succession planning, including ownership transition, management transition, as well as family and non-family transitions. The JGS staff works alongside you to solve the problems of your specific business or personal situation. JGS is conveniently located on Route 211 in Middletown, New York. To learn more, please contact JGS at 845 or visit them on the web at www.jgspc.com. Juddelson, Giordano, and Siegel, your essential partner in business. Hi, 
Welcome back to the second half of Radio Rotary this morning. I'm Sarah O'Connell, and I am joined by my co-host, Jonah Trebowasser. And Jonah, today we are speaking to Tessa Edick, who is an advocate, an activist, and an author of Hudson Valley Farm Food and Farming. Sorry, Hudson Valley Food and Farming. Why didn't anyone ever tell me that? And this is a wonderful book with wonderful pictures. And Jonah. It's available at historypress.net. Thank you. Um, and thumbing through the book and the beautiful pictures and whatnot, of course, some these people that I know from my own community are jumping out uh, at me, people who are um, – it's an example in both cases with uh, for uh, Ronnie Brook Farms, which is, of course, um, their signature product was the wonderful milk that they were bringing. How the several generations um, moving down to the current generation, how they've taken it from the traditional farming mar- model into marketing more of their artisan and gourmet products. Right. And Tessa Edick, uh, good morning. Welcome back to Radio Rotary. Thanks for having me. And Tessa, you know, is a great advocate for not only eating local and buying local from our local farmers, but eating better and eating fresher. Now, and she uh, interviewed them. Yeah. It's yeah. in her book, and as well as um, Rory Chase from Chase Farm uh, in Pine Plains, and he's an artisan cheesemaker. Mm-hmm. And these are just some examples of the foods that are available to us um, in the Hudson Valley here. Right. And we have, of course, one of the great institutions when it comes to uh, food preparation and uh, training the chefs of the future, the Culinary Institute of America, who uh, I right know, Tessa, you, road. You, you mentioned in your book. You know, we were talking just now, Sarah, about milk. And Tessa, yep. you talk about the advantages of raw milk versus pasteurization. Now, I'm old enough to remember when um, kids sometimes got sick from uh, mishandled raw milk. And pasteurization was a big thing in the 50s uh, to make milk more safe. Um, tell us what the current thinking about that is. Well, I think there, there are very different camps thinking about milk. Um, you know, certainly Hudson Valley Fresh and Ronnie Brook are both dairy farms that practice pasteurization, not ultra-pasteurization, but pasteurization. And then you have places like Hawthorne Valley Farm, because in New York State you can only buy raw milk direct from the farm, and um, you need a license to do that and manufacture itself. And I think different from the 50s, now raw milk has an advantage because technology is so advanced um, that it is, you know, much cleaner milking the cows and the storage of the milk is much more secure uh, with the right temperature. So handling, um, hands-on handling in, in dairy farming is everything to quality. And then on top of it, raw milk um, handled correctly is certainly filled with nutrition. And, um, you know, the fresher, the more local, the better the nutrition really optimizes how you look, how you feel, how you sleep, how you think. Um, so really, you know, it's it's a personal preference, raw milk versus pasteurized milk. I try to stay away from ultra-pasteurized milk, which allows the um, shipment of it and shelf life to increase, but not necessarily the nutrition. So, so they're, they're not the concerns of raw milk that there were before. That's really the message. They're always going to be concerns because it depends on, you know, the youth, the elderly, the immune system, things like that, because certainly the pasteurization kills the bacteria for certain, whereas, you know, raw milk may have bacteria. You're talking about animals that give 
you know, dairy from their bodies living in an outdoor environment. There's certainly risks um, around it, but when handled properly, safely, and in a controlled, licensed environment, you, you know, have less concerns and more nutrition. So about, something, yeah, something else that I learned from your book, Tessa, was that New York, speaking of dairy products, New York is the yogurt, yogurt capital of the, of the nation? Yes, for sure. It's a, you know, in dairy farming, like we were saying earlier, the opportunity to move beyond bottled milk, much like Ronnie Brook has been um, a leader in that space in Hudson Valley, also with sour cream and yogurt, Ronnie Brook with drinkable yogurt and, and ice cream. You know, you, you definitely have value-added products that bring opportunity for these dairy farms to have their names and also continue. And that goes back to our mission of getting kids interested in the business of food on a farm so that there is succession on these family farms and we continue eating from them instead of from a factory. Tessa Edick, author of Hudson Valley Food and Farming. Why didn't anyone ever tell me that? Available at HistoryPress.net. Tell us a little bit more about your organization. Farmon Foundation, all one word, dot org. So farmonfoundation.org. That'll get you to what we're talking about. And we do some really great programming. Um, our funding goes to fund local milk to local schools, um, build agribusiness curriculum, meaning the, you know, the business of food on a farm inside the public schools in rural areas to connect the urban with the rural marketplace so there's opportunity for these kids again to have viable livelihoods and we recently launched a new working farm and community center actually um, Alice Waters came and christened and opened our new farm called Empire Farm which is in Copake New York in Columbia County mm-hmm. and we were so honored to have her and talk about edible education and, and how just, important Tessa just tell our listeners who may not know who Alice Alice Waters Waters is Alice Waters is the matriarch of Farm to Table. She really was committed, you know, decades ago to growing food from your own garden and putting it on the table in her own restaurant and connecting people to that idea where we were moved into the fast food lifestyle and now, now, now convenience. Alice said, hey, hold on, get back to cooking, get back to the garden, you know, reconnect to the land to feed yourself and make sure that, you know, sustainable is part of your lifestyle. So she really is someone today that I certainly admire and look up to and, and you know, study as, as an inspiration to, to eating better. Thank and you. again, certainly a lot of the restaurants in our community are farm to table. That's, it's, it's like a, it's a, a movement here. Yeah. Can sure. people visit your farm that you just opened up? Yes, so we had a big festival and launched um, launched the farm, and you know about 2,300 people came. Alice Waters came and opened our Victory Garden, um, and that's a way to invite the community to come again, plant, see how it is to connect to seed and soil, see what a yield is on a farm when you work uh, in the land, and understand where your food comes from. We do a lot of events with celebrity chefs and bring awareness. We work with people uh, like Chase Home Farm, Ronnie Brook, Hudson Valley Fresh, Hill Rock, a state distillery they make a wonderful you know bourbon that they they source the green from i'm Field there Black. i'm there yeah it's <laughs> wonderful you have to go on a tour <laughs> okay. I, i've been several times and they're really she said nice the magic word bourbon there. yeah we do. i don't even drink Danny. bourbon and it's wonderful there it's beautiful there mm-hmm. we we did a really fun event there called farms and ferraris and a ferrari club of new york came up and drove up and you know we had burgers and bourbon
bourbon and and you know it was this whole day of relaxing on the farm and uh, it's a beautiful a really nice site and, and and becoming a, a tourist destination as well the public can access tours and whatnot so if our listeners want to visit your farm how would they get information about that they can go to farmonfoundation.org they can follow us on Twitter at farmonfarmon and you know it's a community center so we're doing all kinds of activities events will be listed in the new year um, we do a big fundraiser dinner with a celebrity chef that people love to come to and as another way to meet your farmer and have a conversation with with the person making your food oh it sounds wonderful now also there's a suggestion in your book speaking of segueing from empire farm to we as individuals um should be encouraged and if you have a little plot of land or even if you don't you can start your own garden and planters um and that has has taken off i think with the general public in in the hudson like valley the old as victory well. gardens during exactly. the war yeah that's the idea we're bringing back is yes you can you know grow your own food it's not like it's not rocket science, and we have um, great fertile land in the Hudson Valley. We have wonderful places to source seed, whether it's Turtle Tree Seed Company, Fruition Seed Company. There's plenty of them, and we have plenty of resources in the book and online for you to understand how to garden or how to get involved. And if you want to come to our farm at Empire Farm in Copake, New York, you're certainly welcome, and we'll show you the ropes. Um, we're going to be housing students there to learn the business of food on the farm as we actually move into to our mission of keeping farmers farming. Now, in a couple of minutes, we have left uh, Tessa Edick, uh, author of Hudson Valley Food and Farming. Why didn't anyone ever tell me that? Available on historypress.net. Uh, you talk about the importance of looking at labels, and I think you have a great piece of advice. If you can't read it, don't eat it. You know, you have these labels that they have, you know, milk, sugar, methyl ethyl death, whatever it is. You can't read these long names. But, uh, you know, you see sometimes you go in stores and they say, well, it's organic. It's natural. It's gluten-free. Well, whatever. That's the news. Uh, you know, um, what does that mean, organic? What does natural mean? Yeah, uh, is, is it regulated or people just slap things on the label and whatever well, it is, it is? Yeah, that's my question. Why didn't anyone ever tell me that? I have a lot of those questions. I don't know what <laughs> they all mean. And so when the government's running the marketing program called USDA Organic, I'm not sure who that benefits or what exactly certify something as organic if wind bees and butterflies are still allowed to travel long distances because they cross-pollinate. So I'm a little confused about it myself, um, trying to get to the policy side of real claims that tell us real things about real people making real food. And one last question before we have to say goodbye. You, you hear a lot about GMOs uh, and the controversy over that. What are, what are GMOs and, and what's your viewpoint on that? So GMOs are genetically modified organisms or genetically en engineered food. And I don't have a real position, except I believe that the food should be transparent. I think that the label should tell you truthfully what is going in your food. And I think that having Roundup as a part of our food system isn't something I want to engage in. So I'm still finding out a lot of answers about the effects of that long term. We haven't lived long enough and used it long enough to know what the effects are. So I think that the idea of using, you know, a glyphosate or you know, pesticide chemical in what I'm eating for my body that definitely doesn't need anything but nutrition. I'm not so sure how I feel about that. And, uh, you know, I invite everyone to have a conversation, get involved in social media with us at Farm on Farm on, and give us your opinions. And we invite everyone to go out and get a, a copy of Hudson Valley Food and Farming. Why didn't anyone ever tell me that? Uh, written by our 
uh, guest, Tessa Edick. It's available on historypress.net. Tessa, thanks so much for everything you're doing to keep uh, our meals fresh and wholesome, and thanks so much for joining us today on Radio Rotary. Thank you again, Jonah. Thank you, Sarah, for having me and Farm On. <laughs> it's okay. our pleasure. And Sarah, who brings us Radio Rotary this week? Well, Jonah and Tessa, Radio Rotary is sponsored by JGS, your central partner for all of your accounting and business consulting needs. And you can call them at 845-692-9500. And by Salisbury Bank and Trust, your local bank for all of your personal business and wealth management needs. Please visit them at salisburybank.com. And by the featured Rotary Clubs of Kinderhook Tri-Village, Millbrook, Nanuet, Newburgh, and New City, New York. For the entire Radio Rotary team, our producer, Kathy Kruger, my co-host, Sarah O'Connell, and our engineer, the all-natural, Jay Berzy. This is Jonah Trebois, thanking you for tuning in and inviting you to join us again this same time next week for another edition of Radio Rotary. And don't forget our website, radiorotary.org. Hudson Valley Rotarians invite you to support Shelterbox USA as they provide disaster relief aid for victims around the world. Shelterbox disaster response teams are on site assessing people's needs and ensuring that your invaluable support goes directly to those who need it most. For more information and to donate, go to shelterboxusa.org. That's shelterboxusa.org.